I don't squirt on my husband. Warning. This episode has explicit content not suitable for anyone under 18. Welcome to Truth Be Told, your favorite sex and relationship podcast. I'm your host, Luis, a.k.a. Truth.com, a.k.a. your favorite socio. As we mentioned before, we're bringing you three different type of episodes. One-on-one interviews, like today, a quickie with truth where I rant about any given subject, and the crew podcast that includes myself, Talk and Javi, DJ Crispin, and special guest and host. We hope that you continue to enjoy these episodes and that you continue to support us by sharing this podcast with anybody and everybody that you know. Also, if you can leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. Now, here's the one-on-one interview. We hope you enjoy. With me today, I have a very special guest. It's Trish, a.k.a. Tita Tari from Tita Stots. It's a Filipino podcaster that discusses sex and everything taboo. But since I have her here with me, she can tell us more about that. Welcome, Trish. Thank you. You can call me Tita, Trish, Tita, Trish, whatever fucking floats your boat. Um, excited to be on the podcast. I think this is, we were saying, my third podcast I'm going to be a guest on. It's really dope to connect with people in this space. So yeah, podcast that I really do talks about what you just said. A lot of it emphasizes around my journey, which I think a lot of people relate to as a person of color. So of course, like there is an emphasis on my own identity being Filipina American, but more so just in general, I think an immigrant's child growing up and navigating the world as an American when it comes to sex. That's really what I really try to showcase is just what that's like for me. And you do a very good job. I learned a lot that I didn't know of, especially listening to your interviews. We'll get to it later, but I did not know what an ABG is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if my listeners know either, but we'll get to that later. Your first season was great. I'm super excited for your second season. Yes. I don't know if I personally believe in seasons, but the way you did it, I'm looking forward to, especially with the ending of your first season, which we will talk more about later (laughs) on. That one was really interesting. I got a lot of things to ask and say, but let's get started. So if you could give me a little bit of backstory about yourself before the podcast. Yeah, about me. It's totally just on the fly. What am I going to say about myself here? Again, Filipino-American. I'm married, been in a monogamous relationship for over a third of my life. I'm 32. I'm a Bay Area girl. So really, that's, I think, says a lot about who I am and like the lifestyle I lead and just the openness, I think, and the diverse way of thinking that I have, which I can accredit a lot to like my own environment growing up here in the Bay. I've always been chatty. I've always been someone that speaks her fucking mind. I grew up getting in trouble for it a lot. Like whether I was in kindergarten getting scolded by my teacher saying like she made a comment that she could put me in front of a wall and I would still make best friends with the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Which is ironic because now, you know, like I'm on my podcast in front of a fucking wall talking a lot alone, oftentimes by myself. Yeah, that's about me. And I think it's no surprise that I because I've always liked talking about things that are taboo. That's just how I've always been. Like, I love asking people things that are out of the norm, not because I like to test people. It's not coming from like a malicious place. It's coming from a curious place. I'm genuinely fucking curious what people think and how they think. And it's very interesting to me. Um, I love studying like psychology and sociology growing up. I love like talking to a therapist. Like, that's just who I am. I love to just I'm inquisitive. So, of course, and I'm very sexual that it made sense that I was curious about sex my whole life. And I still am. 
like a, you know, a student of sex. That's <laughs> really where, you know, the podcast came to be and who I am in a nutshell. So do you credit your teacher in the show notes, you know, thanks to the <laughs> yeah, idea? The fuck right. Uh, no, I definitely don't. That story, actually, I, for I forget about it, but I just thought of it right now when you're kind of like, who are you? And I wanted to say I'm chatty. I'm fucking talkative. Uh, everyone knows that. Like at work, some of my coworkers were, there was like a secret group chat, right? Just to surprise me for my birthday. They were trying to find a gift. And one dude on my team was like, we'll give her a fucking mega mic. She fucking talks so much. I'm like, all right, all right, pipe it fucking down. Like, I get it. Oh, that's funny. Like they showed me the chat after and I was like, you bitches. Yeah, that's just someone who likes to talk. And I think, why the fuck not go into podcasting? Yeah, of course. No, that makes sense. Uh, that's how I am. I'm a talkative person. I talk as much as I can. Same thing with like you. I... I'm inquisitive. I like to know sex attracts me, but I do push the boundaries. I like asking questions that most people don't. I want to know. And mm -hmm. I'm, I don't do it maliciously, but I do. I do want to know, like, how far can we take this? Totally. Now, having said that, why Dita's thoughts? I know why, but my listeners don't. That's super interesting because as a Mexican, I hear thoughts and I think she's a little thoughty. Does that mean something else? And then what does Dita mean? I had no idea before I looked into it. Really? You don't have, you never been with a Filipina girl? <laughs> <laughs> By opening a can of worms? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because see, Filipina to me is Asian, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wedding Crashers, but my listeners definitely know this. There's a scene where he's like, it was my first Asian. And that's an inside joke with me and my girlfriend because I never had an Asian girl. And she goes, um, okay, you get a hall pass if it's with an Asian girl. So no, I've never been with an Asian girl. I'm not too okay. familiar with the Asian community. Got it. This is dope. Then this is going to be a good episode. Like we're probably going to learn a little bit about each other because we're different, but same, same, because here we are. So Tita is similar to Tia, right? It's it's an, yeah. your aunt. And I don't know about in your culture, but we call every fucking woman that you would respect and like, that's not your mom, your Tita. Okay. They don't actually have to be your aunt. So uh, that's, you know, where it came from. When I was naming it, I was thinking of a lot of different things. I'm a bit narcissistic, admittedly. So I thought maybe putting my name in it. <laughs> but I got some feedback from some people. And in my own feedback, when I kind of looked at it, it was like, hmm. I'll stop putting my name in it. I don't want to be tied. My name doesn't have to represent it. I hate that when brands have to have someone's name. Ouch. No offense if that's your jam. <laughs> Some people get can get away with it. I didn't want to do that. So I thought about, well, immediately I knew that this was going to be, uh, I was going to have undertones of my identity and like culture. So I thought, what about Tita? And then thoughts. I was thinking just like T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S, like our actual mental thoughts. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I'm going to talk. Funny, I was thinking I'm going to talk about sex. What if it's like a play on just the word thoughts? And so T-H-O-T. Thought it was very, very relevant. I'm not a Gen Z, but, you know, I try to keep up. So I figured it would make sense. I think it could stand time. And even and then even if you don't like how it looks and you don't think about it, when people talk about it, they hear thoughts. And so it's like, oh, it's a, it's a Filipino woman's thoughts on things. That makes a lot of sense because, yeah, see, my mind didn't immediately go to thoughts, but that's not the way I think. I'm like, huh, thoughts. Is, is she going to tell us about her thoughty stories? I'm just kidding. I'm not saying you have Well, <laughs> to a certain extent, within the capacity of a monogamous relationship and with other guests who are not monogamous, there will be stories of thoughty actions. Yeah. And happening. that's what the people are here for. Uh, that's, see, we like the cheese, man. And that's what we're going to get into. So 
your podcast yes. is about sex. You've been in a monogamous relationship. I like how you keep throwing that word out there. Most people don't. They're like, yeah, I'm just in a relationship. There's no shame in being monogamous. <laughs> is being monogamous dead, right? That's what one of your podcasts I said. Be, I'm monogamous, not dead. <laughs> it's not the fucking same. It's because of the extre- like the extremes that people put on monogamy that yeah. makes it very unrealistic, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and we're definitely going to get to that in a little bit more. Yeah. But tell me, tell us, how did it go bringing it up to your husband saying, hey, I want to put my business out there? And I asked this because I did hear one of your interviews where you kind of were taken aback, not really offended, but that your husband was talking about his sexual sex life mm. with a friend. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you kind of caught yourself and like, but that's what I do. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I definitely got to know how this conversation with him went then. No one's asked me this because it's almost like I don't remember when I brought it up to him because to be fucking real, like it wasn't a question in my mind. I don't remember it anymore. I think possibly I just told him, hey, I'm really excited about doing something like a podcast and some backstory. My husband is a very creative person. He doesn't give a fuck what people think. Like, love that about him. That's probably what I was most attracted to him about, like when I met him, because I've dated mostly guys who are similar to my way of thinking, Filipino, Catholic, etc. So he was very different. And in the, you know, 10, 12, whatever years I've been with him, he's pushed me more and more to not care what people think. So when it came up, I think it was pretty organic. Like I knew he wouldn't trip. And so it was more just like, Hey, what it, I, I think I want to have a fucking podcast. Like the ones that I listen to, you know, won't name them. I listen to a few. They're cool. I learn a lot, but I'm not represented. I don't feel like I'm in that. There's someone that represents me or us even as Asian Americans in that space. He was like, fuck yeah. Like, why not? I didn't even have to ask him. You know, I think I must have brought it up a few times. You know, do you feel like, would you just tell me whenever it's something you don't want me to specifically bring up? And to date, he hasn't brought up anything. Interesting. And he listens to my podcast. I actually time it very early on Fridays because he commutes to work really early. And I, we want him to, he's like, I want to be the first, like, I want to be the listener in the morning and stuff like that. So he doesn't listen before it's released. No, oh, he doesn't. Nice. That's no. very brave of both of you. Yeah, he's, he literally doesn't care. Then t- I was going to circle back to the point you made that I laughed about, which is, you know, he was talking about it with his, his coworkers, actually. I think my first gut reaction is to be controlling because I'm a fucking lady. <laughs> we like to fucking control. So I think that's my first, that's why that happens is I'm, I'm almost like, what the fuck are you saying about me? You know, but it's not like I'm worried. It's more just like, I want to know everything. And he'll be like, you need to chill. Like, let, I don't need to tell you every single thing that I talked about you. And like, you don't do that vice versa. Like having that independence in our relationship and trusting, it's probably not a big deal, whatever we're sharing about each other to our friends. I get it. That totally makes sense. And like I said, you're, you're really brave and I get it. Cause you're not saying anything. We have a saying in my relationship where it's for the pod. And I want to get a shirt that says that because when we're having conversations, we're like, wait, save that for the pod. Or when we want to do something, we'll be like, let's just do it for the pod. So hey, I'll tell yeah. my girl like, Hey, this and this happened. I don't know if I should talk about it on the podcast. She goes, do it for the pod. So Ooh, she's yeah. been very supportive, but she's like I said earlier off mic. She's my editor, so she does the show notes, so she listens to everything. I don't know. I think even if I don't say anything wrong, if I put a show out without her listening first, I think I'd be worried all day, like, I wonder what she's going to say. I wonder what she's thinking. This is me, though. I love that, though. That's totally fair. And we got to throw in the gender disparities here, but, like, (laughs) it makes sense because you're the the man and 
nothing I agree with this, but the realities of the society we live in, usually men tread a little bit more careful. They have to these days, yes. the damn patriarchy and the fucking history. So sorry. I always tell my husband, like, you know, whenever I'm fucking shit talking men or like the patriarchy, we get into arguments, you know, he's like, he feels like I'm talking about him. him. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about your predecessors, all the trashy men before you that have fucked it up for you that you have to tread careful. Oh yeah, no, honestly. Yeah. yeah so that's probably why like you feel that. And that's really noble and fair of you. My husband would probably go about it like you. Yeah. And he, and it's different. He wouldn't expect that of me. Yeah. When you said he doesn't give a fuck, I'm like, Hey, that sounds, sounds just like me. Now, knowing that he doesn't give a fuck, I listened to the whole first season. I didn't hear him once. Has he wanted to be on the podcast? That's such a good question. No one's ever asked me that. I think I sent you the clip, right? Where I was joking. We were testing the two mics and I asked him, would you ever be on the podcast? And he was all shy. Like, yeah. Um, (laughs) I haven't asked him this, but then when, you know, we did that little fun testing on the mic and then you would pose the question, knowing on the script that we might talk about this to give me a heads up. uh, I asked him and he said he would. So I don't think it's a matter of like, he's jumping up and down like me, 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 pick me to be your next (laughs) next, uh, guest. But I think he'd be open to it. And I think I'll just, you know what? I got to use a psychological marketing tactic. I'm going to make y'all wait and then maybe one day he'll be on there oh no that's what i was saying because i mean you're new to the podcast you have about 10 episodes right Mm -hmm. and we're about 60 plus episodes in and trust me it gets to the point where like what the fuck do we talk about now (laughs) yeah so the fact that you're doing it by seasons is great because you could dedicate maybe a whole season to a specific topic but as a podcaster when that question about your husband i was like i would use that as a season the second, I don't know yeah. what to talk. Everything I talked about the past seasons, he's going to give you his point of view and people will run to that because I want to hear it. So yeah, as a that's podcaster, dope. that's the way that I thought about it. Now, I know you're monogamous, kind of made it a little clear, but <laughs> in this scene of podcasters talking about sex, most everybody is either in an open relationship, they're cucking, some form of polygamy. Mm-hmm. Has the podcast affected your views on monogamy or have you wanted to ex- you know, experience a little more? Has it affected your sex life in any way? Of course it had to affect our sex life. We have more sex now. Well. So that's for sure. We have we've always been one of those couples that we have, we have been flow, you know, dude, sometimes it's not that it's not frequent and then there are times it's like we're honeymooning again. But generally speaking, historically we've been pretty good. We prioritize that like it's something important to us, but it's definitely the frequency has been higher since the pod. It's such a good question. There's a lot of things running through my mind. So one particular thing that definitely has changed in a very positive way, it's a journey. Like the I took you through what was actually happening for me. So in that whole season, like half of this, the you know, first half of this year, I was also seeing like a therapist coach and going through a lot of self-growth and makes me question a lot of my under, you know, these limiting beliefs and shit that I'm conditioned to believe in because who the fuck gave me this idea, right? Yeah. It, was, it was like ingrained in our minds. So something that really came out was my openness to being open about finding other people attractive. Duh. Like, <laughs> like I said, we're monogamous. We're not dead. Yeah. But I was like a typical, if you, you've ever dated a girl like this or you know a woman like this, you know, very, um, what is it, anxious attachment style. So very like jealous, insecure. I don't shy away from that. Like I used to trip about a lot of stuff like porn. Really? Like I would trip about porn. Yes. On and off. 
Yeah. Right. So like when I was at certain pockets in my life, I would be super chill with it because I would watch it. Then there were times where I would get in my head about it and I would say, if I don't want to watch it for a while or take a break, like that means you have to like being very demanding about it. Yeah. Of course, is it is it human to ever get jealous? Absolutely. Like, do I get jealous if I go deep into my anxious thought about like what it could mean if he looks at her or he, if he's interested in this? But generally speaking, that has finally, I think, like shipped away like i don't trip about that the way i used to might sound really juvenile for some people but all you got to do dude is go on reddit and there are a lot of women and even men oh, yeah. who trip about porn oh yeah it really trips me out because and it's stuff that i want to talk about maybe i can even discuss it with you but like even masturbation mm-hmm. uh, made it clear to my girlfriend when i first you know started dating her that i was like hey i enjoy masturbation i know some people don't but I enjoy it. So, <laughs> no, well, I mean, actually, I, I have friends and I know like women that they do not like to masturbate. And what I think is mm. if you don't like getting yourself off, if you don't know how to get yourself off, because if you're not masturbating, you really don't. I mean, in my opinion, I'm not guessing. I'm not telling you how uh, what you think, women. But like, then how would I know? How can you teach me to do something for you that you don't know how to do for yourself? But there's a lot of people out there, surprisingly, that don't like to masturbate. But I told my girlfriend, if you ever wake up, because I'm doing it, just turn back around, go to sleep, and let me do my thing. She goes, no, no, I'll take care of you. I'm like, mm, I would have woke you up if I wanted you to do it. Sometimes, you know, just I'm in my world and I want to do it. And mm-hmm. like you said, going through Reddit, there's people that feel beyond offended by that. And oh yeah, that blows my mind. Well, there's a subset of people that get offended by porn and then a subset that get offended by masturbation, like maybe separate or both. Yeah. Like there's different groups. I love that, by the way. Like that's really... I respect you for for just setting that tone because that is honestly one thing I think couples don't talk about ever sometimes or <laughs> until they're confronted with what you're describing and then they're like thrown off, you know, by by what how to react or how to interpret the situation. It took a long time for me, but with this relationship, I wanted it done right. So I, I don't want to say I put limits because I didn't put limits, but I made it clear. I even told her. You have to listen to my podcast. Even if you're not into podcasts, if you want to date me, you have to hear this because I'm beyond open on my podcast about everything. And I'm like, I don't want anything to surprise you later on, but I want you to be okay with everything that goes on. So I put all the cards on the table. She listened to it. She's still here. It's working out great. But I feel like that's what everybody should do. Maybe not have a podcast, but everything that you have been afraid to tell a previous relationship, tell this person ahead of time. If they don't like it, they're not for you. Oh my God. Yeah. And to, to fi- the last thing about, well, there's a lot that I said, I probably learned about myself and how it affected sex, et cetera, since the pod I've started, I've always, I think, shared with my husband to a certain degree, things I like, of course. I mean, come on, I have a podcast about sex. So like I, I'm communicative. You can probably get gather that about me so far. It's not like I'm the type to fake an orgasm or not tell him what I want. Hell no. So he knows. And I think one thing that came out though, is my confidence and, and just, letting go and telling him more what my fantasies are or what I'm interested in. And then that in turn sparks him to do the same. And I think the one I think I can say for men is like, there are some men that will always just tell you what they fucking like, and they're very direct. And, you know, that's fine. But not every guy's like that. Then there are some guys who I think wait on the woman's cue to see how comfortable she is. Because that's the world we live in. Yeah. Like women have the power when it comes to sex. Hey, they really do. We're sexualized, but we have the power because we are so sexualized. And so I think my husband falls into that category where he was he's good. He's respectful. He's going to make sure I'm comfortable. So because I took the lead, he started then expressing more what he's interested in, or, you know. 
fantasies, etc. No, definitely. Uh, I said it a million times on this podcast. I don't want to use the word perverted because not perverted, but the more kinkier people that I've met in life have been women. Like if I think something's kinky, they'll push it to like the extreme. And I'm like, oh, we're into that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Okay, okay. Let me see what else I can yeah, come yeah. up with. Because that, yeah, I'm, I'm here for yeah. that. I didn't know we were playing that game. So definitely. Now, you've mentioned monogamous a couple of times. <laughs> I only have your side of the story. Has your husband, especially now knowing that you're so open into this and this kind of podcasting, you know, alludes a lot to polygamy. Has it been hinted at all? Have you guys considered it in the least? Definitely not in the cards for us. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hasn't even been a question because it's just something that we, I'm not interested in it. And I, mean, I can speak for him probably, you know, I can. We talk about all, everything and it's not something he's interested in. You know, there are fantasies, of course, that have been shared around anything that's wildly different, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's the truth. I think some for some people, like including us two, leaving it as a fantasy is what keeps it exciting enough for our relationship. But we're very much the couple that like really, we, we fucking love each other. Like we're in love after all these years and there's still a lot of passion there. Honestly, it's increased over time. It's really rare. And when it's not there, we, we find ways to make it, you know, we put the effort into it. And so I think like porn and fantasy, that's to the extent that we would likely you know, but I've asked him, like, would we ever, would he ever be down to, like, go to, you know, a sex club? Yes. I think there's interest to go. I don't know if we would participate, but definitely watch. Okay, yeah. So we have that in common. Okay, so now, like I said, we're going to get into the cheese muscle part where we're going to find out the more. Cheese yeah. The cheese. So you said you, you guys might go to a sex party and stuff like that. Is anything like soft swapping still monogamous is that on the table i don't know these are really good questions that i would i can't speak comp I, i'm leaning to saying no but i say that within like the near future yeah because one thing i've also asked him is you know would he ever be down to have a threesome i'm the one asking because again girls are the dirty ones <laughs> be the nasty ones i asked him of course the dick is gonna say yes <laughs> but the mind is gonna ask how would are we ready mm. will that impact us he he fucking loves me so he's not yeah. going to jeopardize our relationship to that level without it being feeling like this makes sense for us i've nudged to been like one day maybe would be open it um so i'll leave that as an open-ended maybe <laughs> no okay that's great that yeah. sounds good so let's get off your husband for a bit uh i bet you don't hear Sorry, that not just playing that. <laughs> Now, let's get more into the whole minority, Filipino, Latinx, even though I still hate it. We're going to respect what people uh -huh. to be called. <laughs> now, as Hispanic, it's funny the way that we approach sex, because if you grew up around your tia, especially, and I don't know if it's like that for you guys, they're very, very inappropriate. Like, you walk in and you're like, what did you just say? Like, as a kid, you walk out going like, I don't know. And then you hit your teens and they're still doing it. And as an adult, you're like oh my God, they've been dirty this whole time. Like they, they were talking about this and that. But in the larger scale, we're not very open about a lot of things. You know, we, we had this mm -hmm. conversation off mic where for us, it's really hard to discuss, to find our audience because some of the stuff we discuss, the minority community line community does not fuck with us. Now, mm -hmm. since you're being so open about sex, is this how the Filipino community is? Are they open about sex? Is the, or is this something new? Are you getting any pushback with that? You're seeing me grin, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, are you fucking serious? No, they don't fucking talk about sex, dude. No, it's not common. Do I get pushback? Mm, I don't get haters. Maybe one day 
not maybe one day when I blow up, I'm going to get haters. I got one hater on social media so far, but they weren't Filipino. It was just a fucking white man. So whatever. Um, he was just hating on the, the fact that I showed up in his advertisements. I think like, I was like, yo, just put not for me, move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, within, we don't talk about it unless it's like a joke. You know, like, hey, 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 oh my God, like we're making like a, a tita might make a joke or like a tito is making like an inappropriate, funny joke. Like we'll say like that's so bastos, you know, like so rude, mm. but they're joking about it. It's never like in a serious manner. So yeah, it's definitely something different within our space. Like I can probably tell you that I've maybe found the only other podcasts that who are run, you know, by with Filipino hosts and there's not many unless they're just out there and I haven't seen them and they're not marketing themselves out there, but I don't really see any. So like I touched earlier for us, we have a problem finding our audience since the Filipino mm. community isn't that open. Are you finding that it's hard for you to find an audience or are people again being cheese muscles and coming to listen to you? I can always say that I wish I had more listeners, but I think that's just the reality of starting out is, is finding your audience. And so I studied a lot to, you know, personas, like how can I really, the audience is there, but like, how do I find them? But a lot of Filipino women do listen to my podcast, the demographic show um, after the US, the Philippines is the second country that has that I gain a lot of my listeners from where they're from. Amongst my friends, I know it's like, hello, you're going to listen to your friend's podcast, but they share it within their family and friends. And it's gone around that way, too. I've gotten some really, really dope messages from Filipino women telling me that my podcast like changed their lives. And damn, can't put them on blast, you know, but they're opening <laughs> up about what exactly has its changed how, how like my podcast has influenced them in this really positive way those are the messages like to be not to be corny but it's true like it keeps me going and it keeps me thinking see they're fucking out there like there are people who i can really influence and even just by being who i am representation even if it's indirect influence representation we know that it, it's proven to allow other people to think that it's okay if they are experiencing similar things Having said that, what would you like your podcast to change within the Filipino community or minority community? What changes would you like to see when it comes to sex, obviously? I think being more informed about pleasure. One big thing is like pleasure for men and women, but especially for women. I know too many friends since I was in high school who talk about sex, but it's not about what they're experiencing or their pleasure. It's very much a service to the man or like how good they sucked his dick or how good, you know, like he says this and, or I hooked up with these guys. Like, it's like a flex, like, oh, I hooked up with him. And I'm like, did you even come? <laughs> I'm serious because that's one thing I think I'm going to say it again, monogamy. That's going to happen more often because like there's this communication, right? There's this comfortability of like making sure that you and your partner please each other. So I asked that to a lot of my friends. Um, so I think emphasis on female pleasure is a huge thing. There's a lot of authors and speakers and like, you know, public people out there that are talking about it, but not many that are Filipino or Asian American. So that's one big thing. And probably like, I love your, you mentioned, you know, just people of color, right? Not just Filipinos, because there are a few like Latino women who've reached out to me, even white women who were raised like in conventional, very traditional backgrounds, religious that have reached out that the podcast has inspired them as well. So I think in general, if you feel shame about sex, in your identity within your sexuality, that you could probably pick up a thing or two from my podcast, if at the very least, it makes you feel like you're not alone, that you may wonder things or, you know, that it's normal. It's not white people shit. <laughs> that's you don't I don't want you to edit that. Like, that's no. what a lot of people I think we grow up thinking. Yeah. 
like swinging and shit. Like mm-hmm. the, it's very much seen in the in you know movies and you know where you pop culture whatever. It's it's very much like a white people thing. Like suburban people or like people in this different demographic experience. But like no, we're human. Sex is natural. So I think making it something that you're not embarrassed or ashamed of experiencing let alone just experiencing it and then discussing it with people you feel comfortable that should be normalized i will definitely not edit out the white people shit because no i agree with you we had this conversation off mic where even the podcast scene that we're into is mostly ran by white people white women and that is the mm-hmm. stigma growing up you would see a yacht and you'd be like oh i wonder how many you know sex parties is handled you see a small boat you'd be like oh i wonder what the sex parties are in there and it was mostly older white people but no like again uh i'm a young minority you're a young minority and there is it is out there we just got to make more make it more accessible and more comfortable so people know that so i love that you said that now just to line up the mood a bit i tease my audience with the beginning of the show but what is an abg <laughs> Uh, I saw this question and I I thought I was going to like research into it to get a more like appropriate, correct (laughs) definition. So an ABG is an Asian baby girl. I'm going to probably get a lot of like, some people are going to (sighs) disagree, whatever. Like we can fucking define it however we want. High level, very broadly, an ABG is a girl who just, you know, you know, like girls, like cart import models or IG models, girls who just give a fuck about what they look like. And they're just you know, that's just their vibe. They're going to be at the club. They're in designer stuff. They drive a, a they drive a designer car. They're just high maintenance Asian girls. Okay. I'll stop there because then <laughs> if I add more, it becomes too like niche. You know what I mean? Then it's becoming like. You're talking about so-and-so? <laughs> yeah. And then my I, I told, I showed the script really quickly. I showed my husband that part and he was like, an ABG is this. Like he was telling me his thing and I was like. Mm-mm. I think ABGs are like not smart. They're not, they're not successful on their own. And he was like, that's going too deep. I think that it's the what I just described. And so I was like, okay, I picked up on what he said. And he was like, like you, he told me I lean towards an ABG more than not. And I was like, but I wear fucking sweatsuits at home, like sweatshorts and like hoodies. And he's like, yeah, when you're working from home, but when you go out, like, you know, I'd be catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked you to get his answer then. It sounded like his answer was interesting. No, I gave my answer was kind of his answer was what I kind of gave oh. you because I feel like it's a blend. So I, <laughs> I'm being a good wife and I'm like allowing influence from his. How did yeah. you feel when he said you lean more towards an ABG? Defensive. Because <laughs> I'm a defensive bitch. Was that new to you? <laughs> like his way of thinking, that thinking? No. Because he married me. <laughs> no, so he's Filipino too, right? I don't he's Vietnamese. Know. Oh, Vietnamese. Okay. So mm-hmm. has he dated an ABG in his past? Like a full on? No. Oh, okay. Not like the 10. You know, if you're going to range like how intense they yeah. are to like a 10. Not even how pretty they are, but just like the intensity of the definition and how they embody it. Yeah. He hasn't been with, I'm probably the most, he may have like hooked up with some, but like actually dating, it's probably me. Now, touching back on season finale of your podcast was super interesting. The main focus of that episode was squirting, right? Yeah. Like I said earlier, my girlfriend does a you know the editing the editorial work. She helps me with these questions, and she these all questions came from her. I love it. So, if you don't mind, I'm we definitely want my audience to go listen to your podcast. But do you want to give them a brief breakdown of what that episode was? <laughs> 
fuck what did i say in that episode okay so by the way i had hinted and alluded to it for hella long right it was mm. like episode after i would make i would drop little nuggets on my instagram i even had some old old manager i had like back in the day we keep in touch i'm one of those i keep in touch with my coworkers. as a matter if i manage them or vice versa yeah and she's like bitch when are you gonna fucking put it out there like you've been hinting <laughs> at it for so long so i i figured why not do the finale with it with this topic so the episode, I, from what I recall, I really just talk about the myths that I used to have because I squirted for the first time within the last year. So it was like, pre, you know, before the podcast, it was building up to me doing the podcast. It was all part of the fucking journey, you know? Uh, I talk about just some kind of myths about it, my experiences, how I went 30 years without it, like not experiencing it and then how I did. I pretty much talk about what I used to experience it, which is a specific toy. I got a coupon code. So if you go to my Instagram, you'll see it linked there in my link tree. Uh, I got a specific toy and it was my first time. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but it was my first time using a sex toy. And I fucking squirted with it. My first time using it. And I got to know as a man, did your husband know you were attempting to or was this a surprise to him? Oh, he bought the toy for me. So, well, I bought it like telling him, hey, I want to buy this. And he's like, I was like, you know, can I use, can I, can you pay for it? <laughs> I'm making it sound like I'm a sugar baby. I am not a <laughs> no, sugar no, baby. No. I fucking make money, okay? But like, you know, shared accounts and shit, whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, can I? I was just more like, buy it for me. He's like, okay. I was like, I want to experience it. First time squirting was with your husband. I mean, it was by yourself. Have yeah. you involved your husband? Is that is that because I personally, I'm not into squirting. That's just me. Interesting. What is yeah. his opinion on that? Well, I have squirted with him. So uh, I'm not going to make you wait for it. Yes. Um, it's not frequent. Like it doesn't happen often because I'm very much in tune with my body now. So like if I don't want to experience it, I'll just it's I can control it. So if I don't want to experience it, I don't want to let it go because it is messy. Is that why you're not into it? No. You know, OK, I'm not into it just for the simple fact that and this is what I was going to get into next. It's still P to me. And just I posted on the Instagram recently that there was a new study because it's been known in the science community that it's like 90% yeah. P and there was just a new study that reiterated that that was like, no guys, like this is P we did uh, x-rays and stuff, the, well, not x-rays, MRIs, you know, your gallbladder, your bladder is empty by Moving the time. up your shit and it's P. Yeah, it is. It is 90% P and I've had some pretty heavy back and forth on social media with women that are like, no, it's yeah. not. I can go P afterwards. It is, and I'm like, you're peeing mm -hmm. on him, which coincidentally is I'm not against being peed on. Like if we go to, like a golden shower, if we go to the mm -hmm. bathroom and do it, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm not against it. But <laughs> like, I don't know. I, from watching porn and what I seen, it is not for me. I feel like you're just peeing on me. And it is the fact that I feel like you're trying to pull a fast one on me and trying to tell me you're squirting. It's just me. So that's you're why funny. I'm not into it. Well, I don't, I don't squirt on my husband. So that's like, I don't know if people do that, whatever, if you're into I'm not shaming anyone, but like, that's not what I do. So when it has happened, you know, he know, I'll tell him and I'll push him like he, you need to almost get out because it's like it's blocking it. I don't know how people do it with something in them because there's I don't know if that's even a thing, if it's comfortable, but um you know, get off and then it happens. And then it's an or it is a form of it's not always orgasmic, but there is some for me, it, it, it does feel good. And then it'll happen. And then we have like a blanket for it now. Okay. I was about to ask that next because you said you got a code on your toy. I know they have blankets specifically made for that, right? That's what we have. I didn't get a code from them. They need to fucking give me a code. I'm going to hit them up. Um, 
but yeah, there's a, it's, it's like a liberator blanket. That's the brand or the site. Um, they sell a bunch of sex stuff. Yeah. So I got the blanket there. I asked him, I was like, should we buy it? And then for a while we kind of held off and that's why I didn't squirt again, you know, with him. Cause I was like, Ugh, cause it happened and it was really messy. And then I started feeling guilty. I was like, is it like messy? He's like, it's just messy. Like, I just don't want, I'm worried about you laying in it, you know, cause I'm the one that usually I'm in missionary in that position to squirt. And so he's more like, you're going to fucking lay in that. So we'll move. And then it, it kills the vibe. So now with the blanket, when it has happened, this blanket is fucking amazing. Like you lift it and it's like heavy duty and it holds it in there. Like I shit you not, you can literally like fling it and then the, it's going to fly. Like it doesn't soak it right away. Yeah. You know, it's almost like holding it. So yeah. then we'll throw it out of the way and then continue and then it feels better. There's still an interruption, but it's not so bad. Well, see, I see squirting almost like a finishing move, like the big explosion. I don't. Well, here you can answer this for me because this is new to me. Does squirting and coming coexist? Such a good question. Uh, not in my experience. Okay. So what has happened is I'll squirt first. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, I'll either, if I'm alone, then I'll still touch my, you know, go do the clitoral orgasm after because I still have it in me. Or if it's with a partner, same idea. Like I'll squirt, maybe he finishes. And then like maybe sometimes right away or we're chilling. And then I'm like, I'm still horny because it's it's different. Okay, so yeah, that'd be interesting because again, in my mind, I was picturing it as an explosion and like she came and this big old scene and it's squirting and now we're done. Like for a guy. Yeah, exactly. Because if the way I'm looking at it is that would be the finish move. We're done after that. That's like the money shot for a woman. Yeah. So if it's <laughs> in your face. If I was doing it without <laughs> having talked to you before, I would have been, I'd just lay up, be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. She'd probably be looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing, motherfucker? <laughs> like, it depends on the girl. And then I know some girls can squirt multiple times. Really? I actually, oh, wait, I'm fucking lying. I have done that. <laughs> I know me. I'm girls. <laughs> I'm fucking lying. Yeah, no, because there have been times that I think I squirted with my husband. Like, you know, we'll use the toy sometimes together. So like, I'll because I wanted to show him like I wanted again, you got to show to you got to know yourself to show someone. So I would use it and he would like, you know, foreplay with me right while I'm using it. And then I'll squirt and then like there's still I still feel like I could go. So then I'll do it again. And then sometimes it's bigger later. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> That'd be me right <laughs> How do we plug it up? How do we plug it up? He's like, holy <laughs> shit. He's just like, ooh, his eyes are really a whole big. Oh, if he ever walks in with the lifesaver on, I'm going to laugh. I'm like, life vest. Dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, it is sloppy, though. I'm not going to lie. And I, like I've said in, I said in the episode that I am one of those, like, it's like porn. So not always, but it can be. And so that's the thing. And I've peed before. Same thing. And to, cir to circle back to what you're saying. Yes, there is traces of urine in it. Like, hello, it's coming out of your body. There's going to be traces of urine. But there is, it's not 100% because there yeah. is something different in it. And it is related to, it doesn't have to be a pleasurable orgasmic experience, but it, it can be. People are too complex, dude. You know, you can't fucking say it's like always the same. Like some guys can come back to back and some cannot. Like that doesn't make them weird if they're one or the other. Yeah, no, that's very true. So don't judge a man if you can't do it back to back. Yeah, and if he can, what's up? <laughs> right? Good for him. Now, you have the blanket, you have the toy for you. One of the topics that I've been wanting to talk about for myself is toys for men kind of seem taboo. Like, they, they really are. Yeah. And we don't have too many options. How do you feel about toys for men? And does your husband have one or does he plan on getting one? I don't try. I don't. I think it's fucking fine. Like, what do they have? The flashlights and shit. The flashlights, um, the pocket <laughs> pussy, you know. The yeah. <laughs> I know, like, porn stars, they have, like, ones molded. I asked my husband, he's like, that's such bullshit. Like, come on. It's just fucking marketing. Um, like, Gina Valentina, she got one. Um, 
No, so he doesn't have one. I've asked him and, you know, I don't think he's like, I think it's the same idea you're saying. It's like, it's not very hyped up or like known for the male, for the, for males and for dudes. But, you know, when I've brought up, like, what if we used something, you know, there's the things that couples can use. Like, what is it? They put that shit in your balls and it like vibrates. Uh, Well, they have the cock rings that vibrate. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Because then that vibrates on our clit. So that can be something like he's open to that stuff. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think it's more just like, hey, do you need something for solo? Because we have a lot of sex. So, you know, he don't complain. Now, I did put it on the show notes that I sent you, the list that I sent you. I don't know if you actually took the time to do it or not, or if you even had one beforehand, a sex bucket list. I got this from the curious girl, Layla. When I heard that, I was like, my God, I need one. Like, and I <laughs> joked around with my girlfriend when I said, hey, we need to make it into a shirt and walk around and see who's able to help us. <laughs> she goes, let's do it for the pod. <laughs> I love it. Sex bucket list. Do you and your husband have one? We don't have one together, but I'm going to ask him. And maybe that's a, something to tease everyone with that we'll do for a podcast one day. Maybe we'll do like a fun questionnaire. Or you know how couples do those like compatibility kink tests yes. and shit like that. There's like a BDSM one or something. There's a lot of stuff like that. But I'll speak for me. Probably what's on a bucket list, a threesome with a girl. Okay. That's like, no, probably if I could only have one, that's the one that I want to experience. And my husband knows that. It's not a surprise. From experience? Find yourself somebody that's done it before. It's game changing. And I will tell this to every guy out there because I've had a couple threesomes. My first time was with the, uh, she was a little bit older than us. She knew what she was doing and she caught everything that I was doing wrong because I'd be focusing on her mm-hmm. and she'd push me off and she'd be like, get on your girl. And then I would. Yeah. And then, what a professional. No, she really was. And then she made it a point to focus on my girl at the time a lot, too, because that's something that doesn't happen a lot. The women is not as bisexual as she claims to, she is or she's just not bisexual. And the yeah. guy's getting most of it. And then when that happens as a female, you kind of be like, well, why do I want to do this again if I got almost no pleasure? Like I got half of my right. man. So, yeah, definitely find yourself. If you do do it, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. that's done it and experienced it, it's game changing. Keep in mind. That makes a lot of sense. And for sure, the dudes got you again. You got to tread careful, dudes. Like that's, you know what I mean? You should just be fucking excited that your lady is down to do that. Like, come on. You know what I mean? You got a good one. So put the attention on her. I have heard that feedback that both partners, usually like the man and then the unicorn, they say, right? The woman, they are there to really prioritize the woman. Yes. So then it feel like at least starting there to tread careful before you know like where you stand. But I do have, you didn't ask this, but it stems from a cuck queen fetish or kink, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I learned that term too through the pod and going on Reddit. Cause you know, I got, I'm I'm always curious. So then I'm looking at things and learning so I can not just do it for the pod, but so for me to actually learn it and then I share it with the pod. So yeah, I told my husband about that. I was like, oh, there's like a term. Oh yeah. No, that's uh, and I kind of have an issue with uh, the way that is heading because I've made it clear. I like to be cut. That is my fantasy. My biggest turn on is my girl. She's my porn star. I want to see her mm, having sex. I like it. But they're trying to change the definition of a cuck where it's like somebody that gets uh, humiliated. I saw that. Yeah. Online. Yeah. And that's something. So now they're starting to change it to like a vixen and a stag. You know what I mean? Kind of like a, yeah, a different definition. And if you get humiliated, you're a cuck. And if not, you're a stag. You know, like oh, all these different. Yeah. I saw that on Reddit. They, you know how they have like the read me section before you dive in. Yeah. So you can don't ask unnecessary questions that have been answered. They said that it doesn't always have to include humiliation, like a degradation. And then it also says, even if you don't participate in the lifestyle, if you're, if you're, fa- if you have a fantasy of it, you can consider yourself having 
that it's real still it's just not you're doing you're not doing it that's like saying um are you not bi because you married one a person of one gender do you get what i'm saying like you could still be that's stupid like they coexist you know what i'm gonna ask you a question people don't usually ask but i just kind of want to know because you brought it up especially in the hispanic community if you if a guy is bisexual he's considered just gay oh there's no such thing as attracted to a guy so as a minority yourself i would like to know from you what are your thoughts on a bisexual man I mean, I wouldn't have a problem being with a guy who's bisexual. If you're asking me, would I have questions about it? Sure, because I haven't been with someone. Like, I may be a little bit more perplexed or I would just need to learn more. But I, I do think more often in my experience, men are gay or straight. I have met a few bisexual dudes, very, very few. They generally still prefer, I think, one or the other. You know what I mean? That's what I've kind of noticed. Yeah. But I can't speak for a guy. I can speak for a girl. Yeah. I'm attracted to both. I'm attracted to anyone. So like anyone I find attractive, I'm going to be attracted to them. Now, the emotional connection, I'm lean more heterosexual. Makes sense. That's usually what you hear. It's a sexual thing and that's a fantasy. Yes. Now, I heard you say this in an interview and I want to know if you've experienced this, if you believe it or what you meant by this. It says dicks are just for usage. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me off guard a little. I was like, damn, I'm a little bit offended. <laughs> Are you offended? No, Sorry. I, I don't um, mind being used that way. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm fucking offended. You sorry, not sorry. I mean, really, is it that? I want to know. Do you really not see, see what I'm saying? Because don't get me wrong. Men can be very hot. Dicks are not the most pleasing thing, like, aesthetically. I would argue there's a reason why women have been more sexualized, right? Like, I will argue here that here's a good point. So up like his, historically and up to today, I think women can be sexualized regardless of their shape or form. Of course, there's always some ridiculous societal norms of like what body is in, you know, trending, you know, like there's times where it's really thin, where it's like more curvy, more muscular, etc. But generally women are sexualized. She could be thick, she could be skinny, she could be toned, etc. For dudes, how often are men very much sexualized? It's usually like the Greek kind of like, you know, the back in the day, like the shapes of the statues, the men are very cut. And that's kind of generally the only sexy, like physique. It's fucked up, but it's true. I know dad bods are kind of making a comeback. I'm, I'm, he I'm here for that too. But I think in general, we can say women are more sexualized in the media. So dicks aren't necessarily gonna, I wouldn't say they're like as attractive as like a nice girl's boobs or like ass. That's just me. And I'm, I'm into guys. So I'm just saying, and so I never understood the, the dick pick thing. Like what? <laughs> cool. Like, that's your dick. Like, we've seen one, you've seen them all. Damn. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Might be too cutthroat about it. No, no, well, no, because now it, because if you listen to the podcast, if you listen enough, you'll know that I used to have a, they used to call me the dick pick slinger because as soon as I got drunk, I was just out there. It was like, Oprah, you get one, you get one, you get one. Damn. But fortunately, <laughs> you I, get a dick pick, you get a dick pick. Unless somebody's <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> unless everybody's lied to me and nobody's want to be honest i've gotten them but compliments like across the board and oh, well sure i'm no i'm not let me take a step back i'm not saying that like <laughs> dicks are like always ugly or they're not attractive i just don't think i i think if you were to gun to my head do you need it more for looking at or for using using and that that's kind of sucks is this usually unless you're super fit like you were saying about the greek gods or whatever we that's all we have really that's all we have when it comes to flirting or you know being sexual we can talk dirty and i've noticed as a guy that when we're talking dirty 
homegirls usually doing something and giving us like a tenth of her attention. Yeah. So yeah, even yeah, yeah. even that doesn't work for us because we don't make them stop and give us their full attention. Like, oh, he's talking well, dirty. Let me let me give him my all. Well, yeah. Well, because again, between the genders, female are superior when it comes to <laughs> yeah. sex. No, yeah. Like facts, you know. Like I, t- I'm gonna talk about this in one of my episodes um, in season two. But like, men will pay for porn before a woman will. Men will pay for get hire a prostitute before a woman does. Men will go to a strip club before a woman does. Men will slide in your DMs before I can go on. You get my yeah. point. So like, that's where I think the dicks are for use. And if you've ever seen the movie Blockers, have you seen that movie? I haven't actually. It's hella funny. You gotta watch it. And if anyone's listening, seen it, they'll get. They'll know that I took that quote somewhat from the movie it's about these three best friends these girls in high school they're gonna have like a lose a virginity pack for prom night and they were saying that like you know you don't even know it's the one girl's like i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it to that guy this dude she's like you don't even know what his dick looks like like what if it doesn't look good or if it's like wonky or something she's like dicks aren't for looking at they're like plungers they're like for usage (laughs) nice see i love this i love knowing a woman's you know point of view when it comes to that because might not be for all women. Maybe th- I'm not going to say I, like some women don't love the DPs, you know, maybe they like the dick pics, but for me, I'd rather just have it in person and like be it's you, it's some, it's being used, not just looking at. And, and yeah. oh, But it's funny too, because kind of reverting back to what we were talking about earlier, where men have to tread easy. If you hear a guy talking like this, be like, you, you really think about a woman just like that? Just, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, that's not <laughs> what I meant. You know, she's yeah. way more than just that, you know, but and yeah. Then, and then it, and then the quote from the movie, like I said, it's about three girls losing their virginity. You just imagine the premise of that film was a female empowerment. Like three girls yeah. were saying, I'm going to go fuck that guy. They're like 18. I'm going to fuck him on prom night. Let's fucking do it. It's like they're being dudes, yeah. you know, like, but that's true. We shouldn't stop saying that. We should just say they're being sexual. Because <laughs> yeah. They're all sexual. No, yeah. facts, facts. Well, Trish, it's been nothing but a pleasure to have you on here. I definitely want to have you back. Yes. Now tell my listeners where they can find you and what they should expect of season two of Tita's Thoughts. So you can find me on Instagram uh, at Tita's Thoughts Podcast. Thoughts is spelled with a zero. I feel like I explain it all the time, but if you've never heard my podcast, it's because you can't have thought in a fucking Instagram handle. I was like, shit, I don't like that. I had to use a zero. I felt like I was, you know, using AIM. Like, I don't know how old you are, but when I used to use like AOL and shit, we had to put like zeros and threes to be all cool. (laughs) Like C00L, cool. Uh, So at Tita's Thoughts Podcast, Thoughts Build with a Zero. Season two, there are going to be guests on season two. I'm going to change it up. It's not going to be very much like only educational or talking about like, I talked about shame a lot and more like informative my tone about what I was doing in season one. Season two is going to just be more like real conversations. I'm going to talk about a little bit more taboo things like that kind of cross different pieces like culture and being a daughter of immigrants and what that probably means. It's really deep, like what that means within how we're probably embodying our sexuality and things like that. And so it's going to go deep into that. I'm going to bring on some dope guests that are people of color and they're going to share their insights. Yeah, it'll probably still be just as taboo. And maybe I'll have you on there. We shall see. I'd love to be on it and take it from me. Go listen to her podcast. We'll put the link in the show notes. Start from episode one, because like she said, she teases. (laughs) <laughs> about episode 10 and it is a buildup and you do want to get there i listened to episode 10 first and then worked my way back but it's still i'm like oh yeah i should have definitely saved episode 10 for later so start from episode one you definitely won't regret it well trish thank you so much thank you so much for having me on the pod this was fucking fun and um hopefully i'll be in another one soon we hope you enjoyed this one-on-one episode and we'd like to give a big thanks to trish for joining us this week we'll leave a link to her podcast in the show notes 
And like always, we'll leave our Linktree link in the show notes. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to contact us. If you want to be on the podcast, use that link also. We hope that you rate, review, and continue to listen to us. And once again, I'm your host, Luis, a.k.a. Truth.com, a.k.a. your favorite socio. I'm out.